If that uh, parable for this morning intrigues you, there is a longer form that we could have used, but not today. We'll use the shorter form, but I will, I will speak about some of the details that come in that longer form. It'll be easy to understand. This is a parable that Jesus spoke to his disciples. This parable is often referred to as the parable of the talents. And it provides us with profound lessons about our responsibilities, our stewardship, and the account we must one day render before God. In this parable, a nobleman leaves home on a distant journey, and we're told in the longer form, the purpose being to attain a kingdom for himself, and then subsequently, he returns home. Prior to his departure, he entrusts ten talents to one of his servants, and then two talents, and then one talent to a third. A talent was roughly a day's, the value of a day's labor, something along that line. And he tells them to engage in trade, in business, during his absence. Now, in this parable, the nobleman represents our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. His departure into a far country, well, that represents his ascension into heaven after his earthly ministry. And his return refers to the glorious second coming at the close of time. The parable illustrates the spiritual endowments, talents, and resources God bestows upon each one of us. Spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts that Riot Mendoza will receive in the sacrament of baptism in just a few minutes. God, through baptism, will give her many talents, resources, abilities, and our task is to help her grow into the fullness of those gifts. The dollars symbolize these divine gifts granted to us to be used wisely and productively in the service of God and in our fellow humanity. The nobleman's directive to Trade till I come back. Echoes the call of Christ for us to actively engage in the work of the kingdom during our journey here on earth. Yet there is a troubling aspect to this narrative. The citizen's rejection of the nobleman's reign. In a similar vein, we find those who disregard the Lordship of Christ, those who send forth the proclamation, we will not have this man 
to reign over us. If you don't believe it, watch one 30-minute section of the news. Our world spends its time rejecting God and all the things that God has taught us through our Lord Jesus Christ and through the church. Constant, constant rejection. Such rejection reflects the persistent struggles between the desires of the world and the rightful sovereignty of Christ over our lives. I'm going to put it in another way for maybe our younger people. God didn't promise you no bling. And God doesn't really care how much bling you've got. Yeah. God didn't promise us through the sacrament of the baptism, through our confirmation, that we would have a lifetime full of sparkly stuff. In fact, he said, what I am going to give you, I want you to use and use it well and use it rightly and give it all away. You know, so many of the saints, when we read their lives by the end of their work, they are spent. Now, that's why we read the lives of the saints at, during the daily masses when I'm here. We need to hear that sometimes these wonderful saints have spent everything they had, everything that God gave them, and they're 27 years old or 24 years old. Now, some lived long lives, but others... They gave it away, their very self, for the kingdom of God. I'm concerned, I have to be honest, that this is being echoed right now in certain corners of our Catholic church. And I'm not going to name names or countries or anything like that. But they have veered far away from Christ's teaching. That same institute rejects the divinity of Christ and speaks of his presence being in the bread and the wine at the Eucharist, at the Mass. Well, for lack of a better term, with twisted confusion. And it leaves the laity, the faithful, confused as well. But back to Jesus' story. Upon his return, the nobleman evaluates the stewardship of his, two, of his servants. Two of the servants who multiplied their dollars, their talents, are commended and granted authority in proportion to their faithfulness. You've worked with this. I'm going to give you more to, to look over. You were faithful with this. I'm going to help you to be faithful with a whole lot more. 
Their reward reminds us that our faithful and fruitful efforts in God's service are met with spiritual growth and blessing in his eternal kingdom. However, our attention is drawn maybe to that last servant, a servant who chose to bury his dollars, his talents, wrapped them up in a handkerchief and stuck them under the bed or buried them in the backyard or something to that effect. The servant's actions or lack thereof reflect a reluctance to invest his talents, symbolizing those who fail to embrace their God-given potential due to apprehension, complacency, laziness, or not being helped to identify them by the church. In the longer version, it says he wrapped it in a napkin, handkerchief. This illustrates how some of us bury our talents, our potential, in the recesses of fear and self-doubt. Again, I want to return to some of the corners of our modern Catholic church. She and her bishops have buried the talent that was entrusted to them and have forsaken their responsibility to uphold the great pillars and truths of the Catholic Church. Unfortunately, maybe the American church would have to be counted in that bunch. We see little growth, except for the fact that we have lots of new immigrants who come out of a Catholic heritage. But as far as making disciples for our Lord Jesus Christ in their home or in their office or at their school, wherever they spend their day, not much is going on. Not much is going on. When confronted by this nobleman, this particular servant who had buried his talents, his gifts, expresses his fear of the nobleman's austere nature, his strictness. He was afraid of the judge. He was afraid of Jesus in this story. The master's response emphasizes accountability and responsibility, reminding us that God expects us to make diligent use of the gifts he has entrusted to us. One of the things I think is funny is I've had um, people who've worked in the church for many years, teaching Sunday school, teaching uh, CEC, all the different things, and I'll ask them to do something else, and they'll say, oh, no, 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 I'm retired now. I'm retired. And the ones that I knew well, I just reminded them that there are no gold watches in the Catholic Christian faith. No, there's no gold watches. We keep working whatever we can do to the close of our lives or the close of time itself. 
We must use the gifts that have been entrusted to us. God's generosity is not to be wasted, but is to be multiplied. This servant's fate, the forfeiture of his dollars, his pounds, his, his talents, serves as a sobering lesson to those who fail to invest their talents, even when they have been taken away. This principle underscores that our gifts are meant to be employed, multiplied, and shared, not concealed out of fear or negligence. I think about a number of little s, small saints, that I have known over history. And as they aged, they shared with me that they had one ministry left that they could do, and that was pray. And they had a list. And the list each week got longer and longer and longer. But then they shared with me when I went to visit them and take them the Eucharist. Father, I'm not going anywhere. It's not like I've got any appointments. So I don't care how long the list is. These are people, children of God that I can pray for. As we think about this parable this morning, Let's examine our own lives, our talents, our resources, and our opportunities. Let's reflect for a moment on what's going to happen in the life of Riot when she will be sealed by the Holy Spirit, anointed with holy oil, and washed in the water of baptism. But as the old hymn goes, truly washed in the blood of the Lamb. There are lots of gifts that she's going to receive. Her parents, her godparents, grandparents, and we, the church, have the responsibility to help her identify those gifts, live into those gifts, and use those gifts. May this parable serve as a call to active engagement in God's work, the prudent use of God's given talents and the anticipation of Christ's return. When we will call to give account for our stewardship, let us remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ to everyone who has, more will be given and he shall abound. <clears throat> and from him who has not, even what he has shall be taken away. In this light, let us seek to be diligent servants, multiplying our talents for the glory of Almighty God and the advancement of His kingdom, so that on that great day of reckoning, after we have made our accounts open to Jesus and Jesus has reviewed them, we may hear the words of our Master, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen.